Listener Production. Hello and welcome to The Briefing. It's Tuesday the 15th of June. I'm Katrina Blowers and on today's briefing, we look at why meditation is having a rock star moment. Meditation is for the mind what exercise is for the body. And anyone who has a mind and realises the value and the importance of having a clear, calm and centred mind benefits from a practice like meditation. So with so many athletes, celebrities, CEOs talking about it, we thought we'd check out why meditation is having this moment. That is our briefing topic today. Before that, hello, Annika Smethurst. We're going to bring you the big news of the day. The Tamil Bilawila family could be freed from immigration detention as soon as today and reunited in Perth. Yeah, government sources have told News Corp and nine newspapers Immigration Minister Alex Hawke will likely release the father and daughter who are still on Christmas Island and take them to Perth. The mother and younger daughter were brought to Perth Hospital last month after the younger girl required medical treatment. Government sources are also saying ongoing court processes will have to run their course before the government will intervene and decide whether that family is actually allowed to stay in Australia on a more permanent basis. This is quite a radical turnaround. As you know, Annika, this issue has been bubbling along for quite some time and now we could have a resolution. How does this stuff work behind the scenes? Is it that they've done some polling and have found that it's politically unpopular or is it the fact that we've got an election coming up and they just don't want this distracting from the issues that they're trying to get out there? Almost quite the opposite. So immigration is usually this tough stance on borders and is usually a positive for the coalition government. They like to not be seen to be moving on this at all. It's a while ago since we had a Labor government, but remember when they came in, we had lots of boats rocking up and there was real issues with sort of border security. So mm. Scott Morrison himself was immigration minister and really came in on this um, this sort of tough on borders sort of stance. So it is weird they're actually looking at moving away from that, especially with an election coming in a year. Now, a lot of people would say, well, one case like this and showing some compassion here isn't going to start the boats again and we're in coronavirus and things are different. But they have often seen that, you know, one little glitch and they've not been swayed on this, one little chink, I guess, in their armour would actually send a a message to whoever that is, whether it be people smugglers or people looking for asylum in Australia to come again. So this case seems to be different. I don't think it's because of polling. I know that um, in the seat where Billawila is, the coalition are in a little bit of strife. It's not on this though, it's it's on other issues. So Mm. it just seems to me, and when I talk to ministers, that they feel enough is enough. A lot of them have children and those pictures we saw last week of um, Tanika lying in that hospital bed, I think it just got to the point where many people felt deeply uncomfortable about this within the coalition, about the pain these guys are going through. And from another stance, the government spent $6 million keeping these four people on Christmas Island for two years. So that sort of united the two different wings of the Liberal Party, uh, those that like to manage money and also those that are showing a bit of compassion. And it looks like finally we might have an outcome on this. 
Prime Minister Scott Morrison will meet with British PM Boris Johnson today to thrash out the final details of a free trade deal between both leaders' countries. Morrison has been holding talks with UK leaders in London overnight ahead of the meeting and says Australia and the UK's relationship has never been stronger. Those meetings come after the G7 summit over the weekend. Scott Morrison has been meeting up a storm over the last few days where he said Australia would not sign a rushed agreement with the UK. His dinner with Prime Minister Boris Johnson today is expected to provide a chance for the two leaders to work out a solution to some of the remaining sticking points, keeping us from signing that free trade agreement. And the main one seems to be over agricultural regulations, but they're hoping to get to some sort of solution today. Lawyers for the producer of YouTube channel Friendly Geordies have raised concerns about how a special police unit was deployed to carry out the operation after producer Christo Lanker was arrested for allegedly stalking the New South Wales Deputy Premier. This is an outrage to have a counter-terrorism unit sent against them for such trivial actions. Lawyer Mark Davis speaking to the ABC there. Now, Davis's firm is representing Lanker and his boss, Jordan Shanks, the host of Friendly Geordies, who are being sued by the New South Wales Deputy Premier, John Barillaro, for defamation over a series of videos accusing Mr Barillaro of corruption. Lanker was charged with two counts of stalking and intimidation with an intent to cause fear of physical or mental harm. And this is for things like uh, turning up at a politics in the pub um, session that Barilaro was at, dressed as a, a video game character and for, for other things too. And Xenophon Davis, the, which are the lawyers that are acting for the Friendly Geordies team, they say that the New South Wales police version of events uh, is highly alarming. The, the arrest was highly alarming. What they're most concerned about is that that unit was actually, the fixated persons unit was actually set up to tackle lone actor extremists after the Lint Cafe scene and they say that the use of that police unit in this case is really shocking. There are hopes. A recent cold snap has spelt the end of the mouse plague ravaging western New South Wales, but the government is calling on farmers to remain vigilant. We've still got mice uh, out in rural and regional New South Wales in huge numbers, uh, but hopefully the next few weeks will deliver us some more sub-zero and zero temperatures. That's the New South Wales Agriculture Minister Adam Marshall speaking to the ABC there. Annika, we did a briefing topic on this a couple of weeks ago. This is not just causing um, huge financial harm to all of those crops. I think it's at a billion dollars right now, but it's causing mental distress. We had people talking about, you know, mice in linen cupboards giving birth to, to you know, babies in the linen cupboards, mice droppings all throughout their beds. It's just unbelievable the psychological distress it is causing to people on these properties. It's caused me distress just seeing some of the footage in recent weeks. It is just horrendous what is happening out there. But look, experts do say the drop in temperature over the last few weeks has led to a decline, hopefully, in their breeding in Western New South Wales, where the boom really was. So, They are warning farmers that baiting through winter is still necessary and to keep an eye out for large numbers of mice. But hopefully those low temperatures end this terrible plague. Yeah, let's hope so. 
And the trial of ousted Burmese leader Aung San Suu Kyi has kicked off in Myanmar. One of Ms Suu Kyi's lawyers, Kin Mang Zhao, told the BBC she was unwell but prepared to face prosecutors. She seems not very well, but throughout the hearing, she seemed quite interested and paid keen attention. She knows quite well that she would not have fair trial rights, but she seems quite prepared to face it. She is charged with owning unlicensed walkie-talkies and violating COVID restrictions and is expected to later be grilled over allegations of corruption and breaking the Official Secrets Act. It's quite a list of charges and Miss mm. Suu Kyi's supporters have criticised the court case as a sham. All right, up next, meditation. I feel like I'm hearing it everywhere right now. Just another celebrity wellness fad. Or is this something that could actually help us level up our lives? Simply push your worries away until it's just you, your thoughts, and this moment of absolute tranquility. That's it. With little distractions, just give them a gentle old shove. That is the soothing voice of Chris Hemsworth, who has just released a guided meditation. Diddy has done one too. And there are meditation apps for kids and even cats. Yep, you can download a meditation for your cat. It's also popping up on movies and TV shows like Billions, where the main character, who's a hedge fund trader, meditates before negotiating big deals. We've also seen sporting stars speak about how much meditation has helped them too. AFL Brownlow winner Dusty Martin attributed mindfulness and meditation to being key to his football comeback. So on today's briefing, we're going to look at why meditation is having a moment right now. Yeah, and since COVID began, the Australian Institute of Health and Welfare has found there's been a rise in the use of mental health services, also an increase in psychological distress among Aussies. So we're wondering, could meditation be something that could really help us right now? Or is it just another celebrity wellness fad? Joining us is Gary Goro, who's one of Australia's best-known meditation teachers. He's taught CEOs and celebrities, and he's the mindfulness coach for the GWS Giants AFL team. Thanks for joining us on The Briefing, Gary. I guess we're wondering, why is meditation having a bit of a rock star moment? Meditation has become one of those tools that's able to really help people anchor themselves in themselves, to release stress, to find clarity, to calm their nervous systems and their mind. So I think that's that's a huge factor, the, the necessity just to feel calm and centred in our culture, especially on the back of, you know, what we've been through with the recent lockdowns and so many people, um, you know, being rattled with changes in the way that they're working and everything else. So... I think that's a huge thing. And then just the trending aspect. It's one of those things, like you said, it's becoming increasingly acceptable to meditate. I mean, back in the early days, 23 years ago, when I first learned to meditate, if you actually mentioned to your friends that you were doing that, you you, you wouldn't have many friends after that. <laughs> it's just like such a strange, strange idea. Gary, for someone like me that's definitely a novice in this area, I'm too busy to meditate, which is the reason I should meditate. Break it down for me. I get confused. I hear of mindfulness. I hear of meditation. People do yoga. What is meditation and how would someone like me get started? 
So meditation for me, as distinct from mindfulness, meditation is an eyes-closed practice where you turn your awareness inward and you're learning to go beyond your mind, your thoughts, your problems, your concerns, everything that occupies you on an external level, whether it be good or bad, things you're excited about, things that you're troubled by. When you meditate, you learn to transcend all of that and dive deep into your own self. And mindfulness would be the practice of when you're in your everyday life with your senses fully engaged, what are you doing there? You know, you're paying attention to the world around you, to yourself, and you're maintaining a center. Mindfulness practices are all about accentuating present moment awareness. And meditation is about preparing the nervous system and the whole body to be able to be in a coherent space. So I hear this and I think that when I exercise or go to the gym, that this is one of the few times that I don't think about the stresses of the day and my mind feels clear. Is that meditation or is that just another way for people to clear their mind? Is it, What are we looking for, I guess, ultimately when we meditate? I hear that a lot. When I swim, that's my meditation. When I jog, when I knit, when I play with my kids, that's my meditation. And even, you know, a very famous Australian artist, he said to me point blank, Gary, when I paint, that's my meditation. And then he learned to meditate and then he said, oh, painting's absolutely nothing like meditation actually. So meditation is more a way of cultivating the nervous system and laying down particular neural pathways which allow your mind to be more calm, centered, spacious, and you have more higher ordered thoughts. When you're running, for example, you don't have relaxation in your system. You have a system that is highly active and in terms of what your limbic brain thinks is, well, why are we running? Is there something chasing us? Are we in danger right now? <laughs> so, you know, exercise doesn't really qualify. When you look at what the brain's doing during exercise and what it's doing during meditation, they're very different. Okay. So if you are sitting there, you've got your eyes closed, what are you thinking about or not thinking about? What do you do? If you want to look at how you could define the different ways or categories of meditation, you could say there are concentrative methods, there are contemplative methods, and there are transcendental methods. So a concentrative method is where you focus your mind on something, your breath, on um, being still, being anchored to you know the moment, whatever it may be. And a contemplative method, it could be where you're being guided along a journey, where you're contemplating on the meaning of something that's significant for you or some image, etc. And a transcendental method is where, like what I teach you, using a mantra that is like a vehicle or, or a medium to take you away from your mind. It's doing the work for you. So how do I know if I'm doing it right? Is there some sort of sign or bell that will go off in my head that says you've achieved this? Yeah, you should feel in your body some physiological change. You may not necessarily be able to feel it during, but you should definitely experience it after the practice. So when you go into that state, your body says, well, let's clear out all the debris. Let's get rid of the fatigue, the tension, the stress, the this obstruction, whatever else is within the system which should be cleared. So you are the meditation coach for GWS Giants. How was that when you walked into a room full of footy players and convinced them to meditate for the first time? That was one of the most 
bizarre experiences in my whole teaching career, I must say. The, these, you know, massive, big athletic footballers who are so into the physical realm of things were then being asked to sit quietly and, and go deep within themselves. They went along with it because there were some, you know, there was another leading team in the AFL who who was championing the practice and said it was transformative for their their whole um, team and organisation. That's the beautiful thing about AFL. They're so open-minded. They will do new things. And so when I went in there, they were all up for it. But, you know, it was it was challenging to convince them that this thing is going to enhance your performance, that it's going to bring benefit to you. And I remember the first time that I taught them. It was pre-season, so they're doing a lot of intense physical training. And once I'd given them all their mantras and, and got them to meditate, they all pretty much just passed out. Like literally the whole room was had collapsed on itself. And what difference do you reckon it's made to them on the field? It certainly helps with recovery. It helps with your emotional control, it helps you balancing your nerves. It helps with reaction times. Um, and being able to stay in that moment, like in, we all know that the mind has that tendency to, you know, f- rush forward into the future or dwell on, on the past. AFL, for example, is one of those, uh, and any sport is really like a practice in mindfulness, because if you're caught up in a mistake you made a few moments ago, it's going to promote another one. Or if you're getting too anxious before a game, you're going to lose all your energy and you're not going to put in your best performance. So it's just really helping athletes to be to be centered and to reside in the moment in a supreme way. So we've seen it work in sport, in this case AFL. I just wanted to ask, what other areas can meditation work in? Obviously anybody can do it, but where are the professions or sports where you've seen real success or is it at different stages in people's lives? Who can really benefit from this? Well, I like to think of it like this. In terms of benefit, meditation is for the mind what exercise is for the body. And anyone who has a mind and realizes the value and the importance of having a clear, calm and centered mind benefits from a practice like meditation. Because what society does to us, it's like a snow globe, you know, with those particles, you turn them upside down and then it sort of falls on the city. If you can imagine, like each and every day, things are happening to us, around us, And that is in some way affecting our nervous system and the way our brain functions. And by virtue of that, it affects our our mental space. So what meditation does, it's a way of recalibrating your entire system. And from that place, you have clarity, you have this ability to see things in a direct way and you have more sort of self-control, you have a greater bandwidth to your consciousness. So literally anyone who understands that when they're composed, when they're centered, when they feel calm, they perform better, is going to get benefit. And that can include someone who's, you know, trading crypto or someone who's a school teacher or someone who's, you know, a builder. It it doesn't really matter. Like I've taught such a broad spectrum of people, whether it be, you know, Academy Award winning actors or whether it be musicians. I find across the board, people find when they go into that space within themselves, they just enjoy life more. That was Gary Goro, who's one of Australia's leading meditation coaches, and he's also the meditation teacher for the GWS Giants AFL team. Now, Katrina, I'm a bit of a novice at meditation, as I've mentioned, but it's something that really has helped you. Is that right? 
Yeah, so Gary actually taught me to meditate four years ago. I was going through a really stressful time in my life. I had just been through a divorce and I actually had a panic attack live on air when I was reading the TV news. So I knew that I needed to do something big to shift my anxiety and I found meditation to be a game changer. It's it's just helped me stay calm. I'm going to tell you, I don't find it easy. There are days where I feel like I have terrible meditations, but overall, it has really, really helped my stress levels. Uh, so it doesn't, it's not like I can just start it easily if I want to <laughs> do it. you got to Any with tips, it. <laughs> though? Any tips for someone like me that's just not really into it? <laughs> it's consistency. you got to set your, set time in your day to do it. It's 20 minutes. I mean, everyone can carve out 20 minutes. We we go down rabbit holes on Instagram for longer than 20 minutes. So you got to do it every day, be consistent. And it's like compound interest. You don't notice it so much at the time, but over time, it makes a big difference. And tomorrow on The Briefing, our birth order. So this is where you are born in your family, what number sibling you are. And apparently it could have a really big impact, not just on your fate, but on how you live your life. Listener.